Introducing the Monte Cristo Cinquenta JR 50th. Celebrate our anniversary with this luxurious cigar now offered in the iconic Monte Cristo torpedo size. Only limited quantities are available, so celebrate 50 years of excellence with us right now only at JRCigars.com. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Boom, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Seems like we were just on a couple nights ago, Jordan. Well, that wasn't really Smoke Night Live. Well, it was a special, was, special like episode. A sub, what was that, episode 289C or something? 289C. So in case you guys are wondering why the... So this this actually will be episode 290 of Smoke Night Live. So the here's the idea, you guys. You guys are going to have to help me on this one. All of you guys watching on Facebook. There's and, math involved. And you, and you Smoke Night Live fans. What we're trying to do is, is plan this out so that episode 300 falls on the night of the big dojo, do, do, how do you say it, Jordan? Dochella. Dochella Festival, which is August 26th, <laughs> two nights before Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest here in Dojo Studios. We want that to be episode 300. So that's, so like August, it's towards the end of August. You got August, you got July, you got June. So it's, it's going to be tough stretching this out to 300 because this is episode 290. So we've got to somehow... You haven't just ca- counted how many Fridays that is? I have, uh, and it doesn't, the math doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to somehow stretch out these episodes with uh, special reports, special episodes, and so on, so that we can make uh, episode 300 be that night here in Dojo Studios. In fact, guys, if you haven't already... Uh, made your reservations for Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest, uh, and you want to go and you want to come to the dojo party, feel free to contact me offline on the dojoverse.com or on Facebook or wherever. It doesn't really matter. And I, we have a really great room block at a hotel. Um, it's, it's, how long have we been doing this, Jordan? Years? Like 40 years. 40, 50 years. Uh, it, it could be the centennial. I don't even know. Maybe it's the bicentennial. Maybe we've been doing 200 years. It doesn't matter. The point is we have this great party uh, two days before Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest. And then the beautiful part of it is the next night we have another party up at the hotel in Broomfield. So we have a party here at the studio on Thursday. Another party Friday night at the Aloft Hotel in Broomfield. We can't stop partying. And then, and then uh, the next day is, of course, Rocky Mountain Cigar Fest at the Omni Interlochen Hotel in Broomfield. And then after that, there's usually a um, there's usually an after party, which in the past has been sponsored by none other than LFD. I don't know if they're doing that this year or not. We're going to find out maybe tonight, uh, which will be cool. Uh, real quick... Uh, Dojo Cutters, the Dojo Zykar Cutter is back in stock. This cutter, when we put it out, it sold out in four hours. I was not expecting that to happen. Um, I thought the order was plenty big, but it sold out in four hours. Um, So uh, I I put in another order, so they are now back in stock. So if you want to get your hands 
on this sweet Dojo Zycar cutter. They are back in stock, but they're going fast. The first, I put it up in, in within like an hour, Jordan, I'd sold 12 of them. So they, they're flying off the shelf. So if you want to get your hands on this cutter, uh, you're going to want to do that ASAP. Get the cutter. It's It cuts it cuts cigars it's, really it does it. nice. You go like this, <laughs> put your cigar in there, you go like that, and boom. Next thing you know, you're smoking a cigar. So, uh, yeah, so snag one of those. Also, our new uh, military green shirt, which, yeah, have, yeah, have you guys ever, like, used, oh. like, some sort of special lotion, like, you know, really Easy. bougie lotion on your body? That's what this shirt feels like, Jordan. I don't No comment. It, it, it's so soft. It's so, it fits so good. If you had a beer belly, it makes you look, it, it'll make you look like John Carney. It will make you look. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you just look good, like beefy, you know, like it's it's the perfect fit. So you could order a cutter and the new uh, Dojo Green Military shirt. Uh, if you're watching the show, um, which I'm sure you are if you heard me just say that, um, <laughs> we went to TPE, Jordan and I, and Randy and Kevin Acuff, and we covered the show, the Tobacco Plus Expo, which was a ton of fun. We're bouncing around, doing weird stuff. What, Jordan? I don't know if I ever asked you this on the air uh, the other night. What did What did you think of that show? Uh, it was about the same as last year. It's, a, it's more of party atmosphere, you know, like a little. It's lighthearted. Guys are having a good time. I thought it was a fun show. So what? what nothing. Uh, nothing. You know, too newsworthy really going on. No, that's true. You know, you're just kind of seeing the guys. Right. You're just sort of. It was a lot of networking. Yeah. It was a lot of hanging out, talking, and such, which I thought was great. Um, sometimes the PCA show can be almost overwhelming. You're just doing so much work, you don't get to just sort of just you know chat exactly. and stuff. But at this show, that the first day, Jordan, it was very difficult to even get an interview because the guys were busy. I mean, it seemed like they were making sales. So we went over into the Davidoff booth. Michael Herklotz was there. I was trying to get him to talk to me about the, his new brand, Ferro Tego, and I, I couldn't. He was so busy, I couldn't even get to talk to him. So I, I, I had to chase him down in the bathroom. Uh, I don't know if you got film of this, Jordan. You can show. Oh. 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 Hey, what's up, Michael? Sensei, How you what's doing, happening, man? man? What's going on? It's a funny meeting you here. Yep. Yeah, how's the show going for you? Yeah, it's good, man. Yeah? It's good. Yeah? Are we, are we really are we really doing this right now? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, you, know, you figure we might as well. We're here. We're here together. We can talk. You know, whatever. You know, I like, uh, I like you a lot. Yeah. Generally not, you know. There. At this, at this particular moment. Right, but I mean, Can at we, the same time, I mean, we're super busy, bro. We got to do what we got to do. We got to fill up every possible moment. Well, you think we could just, uh, I could just finish this up and then... And then maybe we go chat, you well, know, back at the booth. Maybe you could kind of give me an update. Is this is this gonna be a, a long-term thing? Short-term thing? You got prostate issues? How we? How okay. We, how okay. All right. <laughs> well, I think I'm gonna go wash my hands and uh, uh, I don't know. maybe we go do this. We'll hook up with you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good to see you. That was. I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was mighty nice of Michael to take the time, you know, while he was, while he was doing his his business. To, yeah. uh, oh, he's always a gentleman. To do the interview. We'll have to try to catch up with him at PCA, maybe do a more formal 
a more formal interview. I don't know. Well, anything we can get, you know, it's, if it's yeah. in the stall, I don't know where, we, yeah. wherever we can get it. Wherever, well, that's that's you know, you got to just you got to do what you got to do. Uh, folks, on tonight's show, we're going to bring back one of our favorite guests, one of the coolest dudes in the industry. I know most of you guys you may or may not have met him here or there, um, but he's always a great guest on the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, the Vice President of Sales of LFDA, La Florida Dominicana, John Carney, welcome back to Smoke Night Live, my friend. It's great to be back. I think it was almost exactly a year uh, to the to the date that I was on last, but it was in a very different setting last year. I was I was sitting up in Maine, out on my front deck of my parents' house uh, in the middle of a quarantine, which I thought was only going to be about a month or so, and then ended up being like six months. And now we're, you know, almost a year in up there. But uh, it's I'm in a warmer climate, Sam. Here in uh, Orlando, uh, I, I'm living up here in Orlando now, uh, splitting time between here and Miami. But a very different setting. But it's good to be back, gentlemen. I do have. Two items I want to bring up. Yes. Uh, one, I have an idea how you can extend your episodes. So if there's more than 10 Fridays, you just have like episode 291, and then the next Friday is like episode 291 part two. Right. That's that's kind, kind of, of continuation. That's, now, that's, so now our guests will start to know like if yeah. they're important or not. If they, get, <laughs> if they get like a 291, like you're the real deal. You get 291B. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we, that's a good point. Yeah, you got you got the filler episode. You got the filler episode, right? So, and then the second, yeah, yeah the second item was I I was watching. I say things sometimes that get me in trouble, but I just like to be honest. Um, I was watching the advertisement at the beginning of the show for that new Jr. cigar, Monte Cristo fiftieth. Am I the only one? I, I've seen that cigar online, but am I the only one in that ad that thinks they took a backwoods and put like a band on it? <laughs> Like that's go back. Like you go back and watch it. That's kind of what the cigar looked like. And I've seen the cigar, and it doesn't look like it did in that picture. Now, no, no comment. I think you are the only one that thinks that. The only person on the face of the earth <laughs> thinks Maybe. that. Uh, John, so Maybe. Uh, you brought this up. Um, the the whole past year has been a crazy year, and out of all the guys, like I'm just thinking about all the cigar guys and how they dealt with this past crazy. Uh, quarantine year, you've had a very eventful year. And one of the things that you started doing was the Hacking Gourmet show. It was like a, uh, uh, well, and you're still doing it. It's a, a podcast it. about uh, cooking meat. You're, uh, you are one of the guys that, like me. I originally thought it was a ha- like a hacky sack show. Like, no. We were going to be like, <laughs> no. But. Yeah, you're you're a guy like me that likes you know red meat. I mean, just give me as much of it as possible. Uh, let's tell the folks a little bit about how that came to be. Uh, talk about the show. It's been super uh, popular. People dig that show. Yeah, the fun the fun thing about the show and where it's gone from here, uh, from where it began uh, a little over a year ago, was it's become more of it's become more of a recognizable situation. Like when I'm out in person, uh, where I run into people like, oh, you guys do the Hacking Gourmet show. Um, you know, it, it's the viewerships continue to, to be positive and strong, but the recognition of it's been, been has been what's been huge. And now we're, t- uh, you know, tag teaming it up uh, with cigar events. We're doing the Florida Dominicana Gourmet Smoke Sessions. Uh, my partners on the show, Fred Rui and Brian McGee, we're setting up. Uh, we're going to be planning on trying to do something with uh, Crown Heads 
with Hagen Gourmet as well. And I've joked around with, with Fred Rui. I was like, Fred, too bad you didn't have Nomad. Uh, you know, you still would have been in the cigar business if we had Hacking Gourmet because we would have been doing a Nomad uh, Gourmet smoke session of some kind. But uh, no, it began as something fun. I mean, I it was, um, it was, it was a train going by here. But uh, no, it was at the beginning. I, we were, I was in the middle of nowhere in Maine. I was up there for a doctor's appointment. That's where my doctors are at and where I'm from. And so I was up for just a, you know, a standard doctor's appointment. And that's where I got, ended up getting stuck for six months. So after about a week or two, I was like, I've got to do something. Uh, you know, we, we travel around as much as we do. I, I mean, in 2019, I spent 48 weeks on the road and I had 175 flights and 307 hotel nights. So you, you go from that to doing nothing. Um, you got to be creative. And what, one thing that we, we were doing and I was doing on the road were events that involved cooking. And so what was the next logical was to put together a ragtag cooking show to occupy some time. And then it started extending a little bit longer. We started ping ponging ideas off each other. And uh, I was like, this is something that could parlay into uh, virtual events, a tele, you know, a, a live broadcast show. And then when we were able to get back on the road doing live broadcast shows on site at cigar shops and promoting retailers, um, and doing gourmet food at the same time. So it's, it's really matured into something uh, that, that I imagined that it could be. Um, I'm just impressed at how much it progressed. And by the way, I'm also very impressed at how much our partners that are involved in it. Um, you know, LaFleur Dominicana obviously is a partner involved in it, but I'm also the vice president of sales for that, so that's an easy connection. Uh, but our, our meat purveyor, Meat and Bone, uh, as soon as I pitched it to them, they were in. Uh, same thing with Lido and Inez. I told them about the event program we wanted to do with it. Uh, so I, I was just surprised at how quickly it, it, people adapted to it and made decisions to participate, and then how uh, it's it's connected with the retailer and the consumer at the same time. Now, I think I think probably uh, the 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 big take from all of that is the doctor visit. Was this like a colonoscopy? Was it a prostate exam? Can you talk about exactly what went down at the doctor's office that day? I, I I was going up to get like a prescription filled on like an allergy medication. Oh, like I, it's something that I dude, needed, you got to make like, this. You got to make the story better. <laughs> yeah, no, you got, no you, it was like the ninety day supply was up. And I wish it was something better than that. Trust me, <laughs> I wish it was something better. Uh, you know, it was uh, it was just some random follow up. So no, it wasn't oh. even for anything good. But I'll be honest, there's no better place to have been stuck than a small tiny town in northern Maine. Where the rest of the country was trying to figure out what was going on. Because I was away from probably 99% of the U.S. population. Uh, north of where I'm at, it's about 100,000 people probably in that whole part of the state. And uh, so there's about 368 million other people that I was within 150 miles from even close to. So it was a good place to be stuck. So if, 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 if viewers are going to tune into the show, what will they expect to see? So we do Hacking Gourmet. Uh, loosely, we do it twice a month. Uh, traditionally, the schedule is going to be the second and fourth Monday of every single month, um, but it's it's kind of transitioned depending on the schedules work with uh, with hacking. Uh, sorry, with La Florida Minicana and the gourmet smoke sessions we're doing for that. Uh, but if you tune in, we, we traditionally there's two of us cooking. Uh, Fred's our moderator, also known as the meterator, and uh, Fred kind of highlights what's going on in the show, keeps everything moving. Um, and then Brian and I end up cooking different dishes and we theme them. And, and the big thing is we've been knocking off movie covers. So our last episode, uh, which was this previous Monday, um, this past Monday, was uh, Hacking with the Wind. It was a knockoff on Gone with the Wind. We did classic dishes. Uh, Brian did a dry-aged beef stroganoff, which was looked awesome. I did a, a modern version of Chicken Cordon Bleu, 
and then we did some, you know, focused on classical movies. So we, we knock off movie covers. I've had a fun time with it. Um, I do all the graphic work on it. Um, but I, I'll tell you, the funniest thing for me in the last year or so is I got really involved because there wasn't much going on for me. I, I, one of the few shows I did was Cigar Dojo early on. And then there really wasn't a whole lot of stuff I was involved in. PCA hadn't really reached out to me. Um, you know, we obviously had a, a scaled back on our sales force at the time. There was some decisions made because uh, our factory was closed and we didn't know how long it was going to be closed for. Um, so I really had to invent some things to do. So people like, oh, it must be great to be getting, you know, back on the road and have something to do. I I've never been busier than I was in the last 16 mm. months. Uh, I mean, I between two shows, Hacking Gourmet, uh, Smoking Tobacco, um, the LFD events, and then the things I'm doing with LFD, and all of these things uniquely promote what I'm doing for my day job as well, which is great. But um, I've never been busier. I mean, I'm producing, you know it, you guys got to produce the show, you got to create the graphics. And my graphics change every week on every show. Every week's a different theme. Every month's a different gourmet session with a different retailer. Um, and then I took it upon myself at the gourmet smoke sessions. I cook uh, at those events, too, for the live broadcast, for people cooking along with us virtually. Um, and then for people uh, on site, we sell tickets and people join us on site. So I've never been busier. All right, boys, let's go around the horn. Uh, Jordan, let's introduce our studio audience. We've got a studio audience tonight. Uh We've got oh, Matt, yeah. we've got Quinn, we've got Scott. What are you boys smoking over there? This is the what are we smoking segment of the show. I'll start with Scott. Scott, what do you got uh, what do you got going over there? I just lit up the Curavari Reserva Limitada. Uh, how's that treating you? Really good. For the price point, they're a very good cigar. All right. It's Quinn, what do you got? Quinn. Come on, Quinn. Quinn. Hey, Scott didn't <laughs> help me out here. <laughs> I'm doing the uh, Crowned Heads La Creme Limited Edition 2018 Boom. for right now. Nice. Matt, what do you got? Oh, goodness. Uh, I am smoking the Diamond Crown Maximus that you gave me. Oh. It's very nice. Leathery, rich. Jordan, what do you got? So I've got the uh, the chisel. I think it's a, it's a double O'Hara. I was going to ask John, what do you think about, you know, it's kind of a famous way to cut this thing is just to, is just to pinch it, right? You just, you just, mm -hmm. you have, it's, it, you know, this is like a proprietary size that LFD's got here, and you just, yeah, you just I'm squeeze it. A chisel too. Okay. Pinch. You so you subscribe to the the pinch or what? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I I very rarely cut any of my cigars because you think about the amount of cigars I have on a daily basis on the road. Um, there's like days taken off my life, maybe even weeks from cutting cigars, just the act of cutting a cigar. <laughs> um, so I very rarely, anything I can do to, to aid and pass time a little bit quicker when it comes to getting the smoking experience started, I do so. Yeah, chisel I pinched. So I, I'm smoking the, uh, I'm smoking something that's not out yet. Um, it's going to be out later Ooh, in the summer. Let's it's talk about this. 2021. Yeah, it's the 2021 uh, Golden Anniversary TAA Tercera Edition. It's a six and a half by 58 box press chisel, and it comes in natural and Maduro, and I'm smoking the Maduro version. Ah, well, um, let's hear this about was, that. These blends were made last year. Yeah, they were made last year, and we never sent the sample out because the TAH. Um, so the cigar off to this year, 2021. So this will be the exclusive series edition uh, for us this year with the TAA. Um, a little blurry there because I got the background blurred. But it utilizes the same blend that we have for the 
So what happened is three years ago was the TAA's 50th anniversary. They did this big uh, rebrand with new logos and all this stuff. So we decided to create a line of cigars that were limited edition based off of that concept because I thought it all looked really nice. Um, so we took our Oro blend, kicked it up with some older tobaccos, and we also utilized our Criollo 99. Uh, and this is the only cigar we make that actually uses Criollo 99 in it. Um, so if people are interested in what the difference between our regular Oro lines uh, in regards to the blend um, is a wrapper tobacco goes a little bit longer. And then the filler utilizes Criollo 99, which is a hybrid seed uh, that we're growing. And that's the only uh, cigars that we use it in. So this will be out late summer. Late summer. And that's uh, approximately price point wise? This is going to come out. Uh, this will be between 20 and $22. Um, it's a higher end line uh, for them. It's, it's a concept that we're working on. Uh, with the TAA, it was something, uh, you know, the limited nature of it. Uh, so we're coming in 20 to $22. I really like this one because the, the Toros that we did the last two years uh, were right around 20 bucks, um, And those were 54 ring gauge. But this is a big smoke. So if anybody smoked the Chapter 1 or Chapter 2 chisels, this is the same exact size. Uh, so this is a really big cigar. There's a lot to it. Um, so I'm really fired up about it. I think it's going to be a really nice special occasion cigar. And it's going to be a really fun cigar to celebrate, uh, you know, returning back to in person with TAA later in the year. Oh. Is, is the uh, is the chisel still a proprietary uh, format for you guys? Mm. Like you have like a trademark on this thing, right? Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's trademarked. Um, it's trademarked and patented. So I mean, sorry, it's patented and trademarked. Uh, the name you can't use the name. Uh, the size and shape, the shape of it uh, at the end is is patented. And that's recognized in, I mean, whatever, wherever the U.S. patents are recognized, there's some crazy number of countries that recognize U.S. patents. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's only us. And, you know, it was funny. I used to get asked, like, why don't you see more shapes like this? And I said, well, it's because it's patented. So if you do see it, <laughs> but you shouldn't be seeing it unless it has banned on it. So, Jordan, it's, it's trademarked. It's patented. They oh. call dibs on it. Yeah. Dibs. I call dibs on that. They, it, everything. Anything uh, that yeah, could... shotgun. Yeah, shotgun. yeah, shotgun. That's just an automatic. I get that, you know. I, that's I'm the most respected one. That is the most respected uh, call of all. I got shotgun. Yeah, uh, I am smoking the Andalusian Bull now. Can you guys believe this, Jordan, John? It's been five that's years. It's been like forty-five years since that. No, it's, it's been, been eighty-two years. It's been five years. It's been five years. I can't even believe that it's been five years. It seems to me. Like it's just was just yesterday that this cigar was the number one cigar of the year. It's Scarfish Nato, two thousand sixteen. But my question to you, John, this is a fantastic cigar. By the way, I bought this. I bought this box of these when it got announced that it was the cigar of the year. So these cigars have been aging. I've only taken out one or two over the years. I'm, I decided tonight's the perfect night to have another one. I've only got like maybe three left. Um, but like, I think everybody wants to know. Uh, obviously, we talk a lot about like what it does like that year that it gets you know announced as Cigar of the Year from Cigar Aficionado because hey, as much as I love uh, the dojo and our list, we all recognize that um, when you hit it with the Cigar Aficionado list, that's a major, major achievement. And so like uh, most people know, John, like what it's like that next year, like there's this crazy rush for the cigar, but it's been five years. Maybe you can talk about now that it's been five years, what's sort of the legacy of that award? You know, how has that affected this cigar you know, five years later. Well, it's it's very interesting because it's let me let me explain something real briefly about our company because we our brand recognition is so much bigger than what we actually are. We're we're really a 
moderately small premium cigar manufacturer and farming company. You know, we own our own farms, factories, distribution, we do everything in-house. But we only make a set number of cigars each year. We slowly increase production, um, you know, maybe 5%, 10% at most every year. Um, and the, the reason behind that is you're using natural products. And there's a lot of, fortunately in the times we're in, there's a lot of great cigars out there. Uh, but we've all smoked cigars that, that have drastically changed from year to year. And it's natural to have some changes, um, you know, and, you know, the severity of it. Uh, you know, the severity of it gets worse if you're producing large, large amounts to try to meet an endless amount of demand or to continue to grow. So to quell any issues out there, first of all, I, well, some of the questions I get asked, I, I pay attention to everything that's on social media. Um, everybody does. I mean, celebrities watch stuff that's on social media. They see what people say and we pay attention to it. Uh, we do realize that um, the supply that we make, which is more than we made last year and more than we made the year before, is not adequate for what the demand is. However, we don't want to overproduce it and ruin what got us to have that type of demand. And you as a smoker, I'd rather have you wait and get what you want rather than have you get it and have it be awful. And then you never come back and smoke it again. So there's no better example than that with our company than the Andalusian bowl, because we quadrupled production on that cigar. We, we had, it sounds, we had, um, so it's not you know, a crazy amount. But I've never seen anything. This is state. The Andalusian Bull moves just as fast, sells just as quickly, and is in just as much demand overall as it was when when it got Cigar of the Year in 2016, right in January 2017. And um, I mean, it's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, there was there's no heads up that that's what's going to happen. And being us, I, I had I won't say who it is, but I had a I, I had someone from a, a similar position of mine with a major manufacturer called me up. Uh, the day after we got Cigar of the Year. And he says, when I saw what cigar you guys got Cigar of the Year in, he's like, I felt so bad for you. I said, why? <laughs> I go, we're happy. He's like, just wait. He's like, because he goes, I know that you guys released that as a limited edition. I know that that, that it's a big, it's like an augmented Solomon. He goes, it's using tobaccos. The wrapper tobacco is Corojo. Uh, it's a high priming Corojo that we buy. And we age and ferment it on our own, but we don't control the buying, the, the growing process. Uh, so we're kind of at the mercy of that. So he apologies, like, because I feel bad for you. Had I known going forward, I don't feel bad about it. It's, a, it's certainly a blessing. Uh, I mean, it's certainly a challenge. And anybody that's watching has a hard time getting them. Trust me, we feel your pain. We understand. We, we make as many as humanly possible. And um, But it, it's, a, it's a really special thing. You know, and I, I, I consider you know, myself to work for a company, um, you know, the opportunity to have that type of demand in that type of situation. I'm um, sure as heck beats the alternative. So if you guys are watching and you want to know what this is like five years in, uh, it is, I'm going to try to describe the cigar for you, for folks. This, this is fantastic right now. Like I got to say, I loved it uh, when I had it initially. And then I had it like a year later and I really, really liked it. But now five years in, it is Got a syrupy sort of sweet flavor to it. There's a little bit of a salty note, some sort of floral kind of notes, uh, as well as like maybe like, I don't know, like buttered toast. Like imagine like a, a buttered toast kind of flavor. Smoking amazingly right now, five years in. And I dig this shape. Like you said, it's an augmented Salomon. I don't know if I've ever seen this on any other cigar exactly like this. I've seen some similar kind of ones, but... Uh, not as far as this exact size, so it's absolutely 
It's absolutely a it killer is stick. Interesting though, like if you think about like maybe the last ten plus years, cigars of the year, that one remains probably the most sought after. Like maybe I mean, there's like maybe the Eye of the Shark. May, did Bahiki win? Yeah, Bahiki. Uh, you know, like those are like yeah. between yeah, those three. I don't know if they ever won cigar of the year, but, but that's one of the hardest cigars to get your hand on in the world. Bahiki. They, they don't make any really in Cuba. There's very little of those made. Um, so yeah, you, you think about the amount of, again, it, it comes, I, I think it's a perfect storm for the situation of why it maintains. We've never overserved the demand. Um, there's still people that haven't smoked it. None of my salespeople, including myself have ever since the trade show in 2016 attempted to try to sell that cigar to anybody. Um, so, you know, I, you would, if one of my salespeople were to ever recommend that cigar or me to recommend that cigar at an event or whatever, uh, the retailers would kill us because they'd say, oh, you know, I'm already waiting on 20 boxes of these. Why would you recommend it uh, to someone there? <laughs> you know, it's really, it's become something like, you know, an eye of the shark. Um, you know, in reality, like that maybe even, maybe even different, you know, larger on a, on a larger scale. It, it, it's just, a, it's a really regal looking cigar too. Yeah. Um, and it's so outside what Lido traditionally blended. Um, so it has a larger appeal. Uh, you know, it's not just for a full-bodied smoker, or just for a milder smoker. It's right in between. And there's something just about that green and that gold band, the way it looks on the box, the way it looks on the cigar. There's just nothing else that looks like it. Yeah. Now, one of the things you mentioned when you were talking a minute ago was about the fact that you guys own your own farms. You're, you do everything in-house. You're essentially vertically integrated. And me and Jordan in the studio, we have this ongoing conversation about vertically integrated companies. There's not that many vertically integrated companies out there. I don't know if maybe on two hands you could count them, but um, what are the advantages? I mean, I, some of them are obvious, right? Like you, if you're vertically integrated, you can control the entire flow of what you do. You decide, you know, you're getting the the, the top tobacco that you grow. But uh, it is it is interesting, right, John, that how some uh, company, yeah. this is sort of like an overlooked factor i think in in the premium cigar industry is that that ability you know to be uh vertically integrated you got perdomo you got fuente you've got uh davidoff um there's there's not a ton of these types of companies that just do it all in-house like you guys do yeah truly and uh, you know padron's another one um you know and there's some other vertically integrated smaller companies but you know we're, you're talking you're doing it on a larger scale um it, having the control, there's some advantages. First of all, uh, the advantages are the consistency of your of the flavor. Uh, so you're going to have more consistency in flavor because uh, you're controlling, you're growing on the same land. Um, you, you know exactly what's going on at the farm. Um, it's a lot easier to manage that side of it. Uh, you're not checking in. Uh, you know the tobacco that we grow is much easier to deal with. So 90% of every cigar we have, uh, you know, is produced with our tobacco. Now we, we buy tobacco from different countries around the world: Mexico, Brazil. Uh, Nicaragua and so on, Ecuador, Cameroon, Africa. Uh, but, but those are, it's, when you start dealing with other people, then you're at the mercy of what they have or their timetables or right. their timeframes. So you have to plan differently. When you have the tobacco in front of you, it's just much more consistent. You know exactly what you're going to be able to do. You know it quicker. Um, you know, it's just on the other side of town. Um, so that, that makes it a lot easier to control, uh, you know, planning on what you're going to produce and then ha knowing that it's going to be consistency and flavor. Also, the next side is say there's a challenge in a cigar. This is a natural product. So say you have a negative experience with one of the cigars, having that vertical integration is very easy because all I do is make a phone call to the factory supervisor and say, Hey, we had an issue with this cigar 
And then I let Lito know about it. And, you know, in a matter of seconds, the people that are the decision makers and are on the front lines of producing these cigars are, you know, contacted and it's going to be fixed real soon. Now, where it has its disadvantages, I would say you look at the COVID environment from last year being vertically integrated and they shut down the borders, they shut down travel into the country, imports, exports, everything, your factories closed. And these vertically integrated companies, the majority of us, keep our products unless they're needed in the country that's not here. We keep it in the Dominican or Nicaragua, then you ship it in as it's ready to go, as, as you need it. So as soon as that shut down, our factory was closed, our cigars couldn't get here. So we had a month and a half, two months where there was just no cigars. Now, if you were contracting your product out and you had a partnership with a, with a, with a factory, um, you would be buying your cigars months in advance, years in advance. Uh, you might even purchase, you know, plan for two years in advance. And you buy those products. They ship them to the United States. They go into a bonded warehouse, which enables you to take some tax benefits from it. Um, and then you pull from there as you need it. So you can see at the beginning of COVID last year, the vertically integrated companies of our size had some struggles at first. Um, you know, and now we're slowly coming around now, whereas some of these other companies that weren't had their year's supply of cigars, so they were selling, selling, selling. And now they're starting to experience shortages now as we're starting to get back to full production. Right. Uh, how much do you guys do? How much contract stuff do you guys produce for other companies, if any? We, we don't do any contract work. Um, we have done a couple over the years. It's not something we, we traditionally get involved in. Um, you know, Lito's very um, focused on making sure that the tobacco uh that, that we grow and that he produces over the years, you know, it goes on a product that uh, has has our name, has our brand, his name on it. Uh, but we had to, we did do a project for Balmoral. Uh, it was the Pasa Dobles, which was a Royal Agio uh, before they sold. We did that. And um, we do make one other cigar, actually two other cigars. And these were projects from, from years back. Uh, we make a cigar called the Sonny Jorgensen, uh, football player. Uh, <laughs> wow, I didn't in know Virginia. that. That's for, uh, yeah, it's for Old Virginia in uh in virginia uh they have i think he's got seven uh, six or seven stores um so we make a cigar for him and that was a project we've been making for over 20 years and then we have a cigar um that we make for jack schwartz in chicago one of uh, one of uh, Lido's really close friends billy o'hara <clears throat> called the westminster that's a super mild shockingly it's a very very mild connecticut shade uh cigar that Lido started making for him back in uh, the early or mid nineties. So, uh, we, tr other than those two projects, we, we really don't do anything, uh, contracted out. Um, and I don't know if you could even call those a contract. Those are one store projects and, and close relationships. All right. Uh, we're going to do a quick commercial break. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about the whole concept of, uh, double arrow, like our LFD, the double arrow, like at the time, that was like, wow, double Lajero. Like, this is a strong cigar. But the taste. I, I want to see Penta Lajero. The tastes of the modern cigar smokers just keep evolving and changing. So we'll ask, we'll ask John about how they adjust to that as the modern cigar smokers' palates change. Also, we're going to talk to John about his cool uh, uh, soap reviews, airport soap <laughs> reviews and stuff. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, folks, this show is sponsored by JR Cigars one of the world's largest online cigar stores. JR's inventory ranges from everyday bundled cigars to incredibly high-end boxes, plus a large selection of cigar accessories. This year, JR is celebrating their 50th anniversary. They'll be celebrating all year long with amazing promotions, contests, 
sweepstakes, and several limited-run projects with some of your favorite manufacturers. Join JR in celebrating 50 years of excellence and stock up on your favorite cigars today. This is Smoke Night Live, Jordan, t- episode 290. We are chatting with none other than... Two, 290A. No, no. Yeah, yeah. 290A. Because John is he's on the... He's the headliner. He's, he's on the A-team. Yeah. He's, he's a headliner. He's not on the B-list. He's not a B-lister. No. He's an A-lister, for crying out loud. I mean, look at him. He, yeah, on. just look at the guy. He's... <laughs> I, I'm telling you... I'm telling you, man, that 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 291A and B thing, that's going to help you stretch that out. You got to do two part shows, and you you end it right at the end. To be continued, end it on a cliffhanger. To be continued. So, uh, John, before we get into some goofier topics, uh, just real quick on the cigar aspect of things, uh, LFD Double Arrow. You know, at the time, that was like wow, like Double Arrow. Like this, could, can cigar smokers are they are they even gonna? you know, want this type of a cigar. But now, you know, you know, a dozen years later or however many years later, I'm not even sure what it's been, the palate of the, you know, premium cigar smoker, nowadays it's, it's triple Lajero. It's, they, I don't, a lot of companies don't even say anymore. They don't even say the Lajero anymore because there comes a point when you, you know, what are you going to do? Just like, you know, 100% Lajero cigar, right? Like, so like, how do you guys adjust to the ever-changing palate of the modern day cigar smoker. Well, it's, we've been fortunate that we really haven't had to adjust much. I mean, since the late nineties, early two thousands, when Lido made the decision to start producing fuller bodied blends, the, the market's kind of transitioned towards what, what he's been producing, right, you know, what right. we've been putting on the market. Um, so I really, for us, it's been trying to come out when we, when we do release new products, release products that aren't as necessarily as full-bodied as like Double Arrow, for example, um, because Double Arrow's, and it's, it's, it, for us, and if you look at it as a business, raw business, Double Arrow's a cash cow, the entire line, is like 25 facings practically, and um, it, it really is an automatic sale for most retailers, 700s, diggers, chisels, uh, 654s, 660s, all different sizes, I mean, those are all almost must-haves in, in any retail outlet. And so it's been interesting because the market's kind of grown for us. I mean, you, you look at Dominican Puros or another thing, right? Davidoff just released one. Uh, the, the Davidoff Dominic, uh, Dominicana, I believe, or the Dominican. Right. That's 100% Dominican. They've done that in the past, I believe. The, the, their oral uh, the, um, line, I believe, in the past was 100% Dominican. But anything that's fuller bodied seems to hit the market in that niche market of cigar smokers. Uh, that we're involved in. I mean, we're, I don't even know. I, this little niche market of cigar culture people, like we do have adults. I don't even know if I'd call it niche market anymore. It's just growing. Right. Um, it's huge. It, it's it's big. I mean, it's a testament to, to what you guys have done, and you see that grow. I mean, that market wants full-bodied, rich-flavored cigars, and in the market, in the, the sorry, the manufacturers and the brands are are really delivering to that. So we try to keep delivering things that are full-bodied. We have that side. Um, but we, we're we're trying to go, you know, more complexity, blending with tobaccos from other parts of the world, uh, growing different tobaccos on our farm. Uh, like right now, we're, we've been uh, growing San Vicente for the last several years. It's not in any of our products uh, yet, but uh, just messing around with different tobaccos to try to add other flavor profiles that are already full body, uh, full body. Right. Yeah, that's that's the crazy part is like just like with beer or. Uh, bourbon or 
almost any of the craft industries, you know, the, it it does seem to evolve. And then you kind of start to wonder, like, where do, where does this where does this all go? Maybe maybe it circles back, uh, you know, Jen uh, Saki style, and you and you, you know you circle <laughs> back to where you know people want like uh, a milder cigar in ten years from now. I don't know. I, I have no idea where this goes, but it can't. It can't go too much further in the full-bodied area. Like, like how much Lejero can you pack into a cigar, right? It, it, and, and the strength comes from from the nicotine content, you know, and, and that's from the natural way that the light hits the plant. The plant will, uh, you know, produces nicotine to protect itself from the elements as well as uh, chlorophyll. That's what the green, the green helps reflect the light. Um, but the, that's why the top leaves that get the most sunlight are the thickest. So, I mean, you can't give it any more sunlight than it already gets. So you can only really get it to certain levels. So, I mean, you can try to make sure the soil is as healthy as possible. Uh, you can ensure that the plants are separated enough uh, so the root systems aren't interfering with each other. A healthier plant's going to be fuller bodied if you treat it the same way. You can, uh, you can have it more direct sunlight, um, you know, pick a better environment. But at the end of the day, there's, there's probably a maximum level of that you would probably get in terms of strength without... Uh, artificially adding something <laughs> so uh, you're saying we need a more powerful sun <laughs> yes we we yes. need, we need yep. uh do like an armageddon <laughs> so is that, was that was the movie where they went up to space and like yeah powered the sun up with a rocket or something uh, i i think it was that was bruce willis <laughs> right it was bruce willis yeah, um, i don't think that was armageddon that was an asteroid but i think michael giannini at one point in time it said that he was going to try to grow tobacco on mars uh, maybe that's why he was trying to do it to get a, a heavier sun but i don't know so yeah you're limited to the to your amount of strength and then at the same time what you like in cigars is an even combustion rate a nice draw if you put just straight tobacco straight lijero or even go higher on the plant take the corona and put that in there in a blend it's not going to burn very well um you may like it the flavor is going to be good it's going to be real strong but i mean the enjoyment of a cigar is not laboring over having it burn consistently and and uh, having it be you know complexity to it so i, I don't think you'll see other than you know, be some cheroots like the nas that we make uh, there's other cheroots out there um i think uh i think Fuente makes one called the Brain Hemorrhage, hemorrhage which is something you can get at the factory. That's all Lee Hero. Um, besides that, I don't think you're going to see it get much stronger than what it is because it just can't. By the way, Jordan, if we run into Michael Giannini, we should tell him Venus instead of Mars. That's closer to the sun. Like Venus oh. would be – it seems like Venus would be the better choice. I don't know. If we're going to go that far, you might as well just go all out. Yeah, go right to the sun. Maybe we just throw it on the sun. Maybe you just put like a giant magnifying glass above the field. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. There's, hey, we'll we'll come up with know. something by the end of the show. Uh, <laughs> John, one of the cool things uh, that I enjoyed is your soap reviews. <laughs> Tell us how that came to be. Uh, airport uh, bathroom soap reviews. Uh, that that to me that has my interest peaked even more than Double Arrow. Well, it's really sad that I've been traveling less. Uh, because right when the soap, the airport soap reviews were catching steam, uh, travel ceased. Uh, so I continued it on on some of my other ventures. Uh, but the, there was a couple fun things with the airport. I, I started this kind of as a joke because when, when COVID started, you weren't we, we really weren't quite sure what was going on. It's like, oh, there's a situation going on in China. Maybe you'll get here. Who knows what's happening? Um, so I took it upon myself because I don't know. You travel when you go to the airport people don't wash their hands <laughs> so my thought in my head is 
everybody, I watch people not wash their hands continuously, even still now when I'm in airports, and not even hand sanitizer. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, what better place to, to kind of poke fun at the unknown situation of COVID because they're saying, oh, wash your hands, do this, then in an airport where nobody's washing their freaking hands, and I see you. <laughs> You're probably on the show watching. If you're thinking it's you, it's definitely you. You don't wash your hands. That's okay. We've all done it before. But uh, so that was really why I did it. It it, it, it really kind of took off. I know William <laughs> Cooper, I was going to be out yeah, for one of his awards, but he said I didn't have a great body of work because COVID uh, gave me, uh, you know, put me behind. But, uh, but it was awesome. So, yeah, once I start getting back out there a little more regularly, I, I plan on doing some more in the airports, but I've been doing them. Uh, with other soaps, and I've, I've actually gotten really into soaps. Dr. Squatch, for them, they don't sponsor your show. Uh, but uh, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Squatch, and I think it's very important and very relevant that the soaps that I brought tonight to just briefly talk about Ooh. the show are space real. Oh, wow. Oh, that. yeah. Ah. What do you think about this like whole so, uh, yep. black soap kind of trend? It's like a... It's like a Black charcoal. Activated charcoal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. Uh, Dr. Squatch has got one called Pine Tar. I, I use so much charcoal-infused items. Like, I, I brush with charcoal toothpaste. Oh. Uh, I prefer the charcoal soaps. Um, I did I did just pick one up uh, recently. I can't remember the brand, but it's coming in this week. That's um, non-charcoal. But I, I did just pick up some uh, Buffalo Trace-infused soap and Budweiser. Infused soap. So those are reviews that are going to be coming up. But one thing I got to do with the reviews is I got to I've got to come up with a system of tracking and some criteria uh, so I can start documenting this a little bit better uh, because it is entertaining and I I enjoy it. And it's really fun and uh, and there's some great soaps out there. You know, there's there's some really great soaps. Are there, I, is there an airport that you could uh, say had some mm. some really good some really good soap? Yeah. So Dallas Fort Worth. <laughs> It's uh, baggage clean. I think it's baggage clean D15. There's three sinks. This is what made me legendary in this, really, for me. There's three sinks, and three of them, they all have their own soap dispenser. The first two, left to right, have different soaps. Mm. And the one on the far right has a different kind. And it it really uh, feels like a shaving cream almost. (laughs) So it's real lathery and it's very thick. That's still, to this day, the best soap I've ever used. And I haven't been back to Dallas-Fort Worth since last July or August. When I was there in August, it was still there. Um, but I, they don't use it anywhere else in the airport, so it's a real treat. So if you have the opportunity <laughs> and you're at Delta, D15 baggage claim, I believe it is. It might be E15, but I think it's D15. Um, you just go to the third sink from the right in the men's bathroom right next to the baggage claim, and it's the best soap. Well, I, don't, I don't think we've ever gotten as niche as, as this. What would, you say, uh, what would you say was the worst soap that you encountered so I was given a, I was starting to be given tips. So I got tipped off in places to go. So someone told me, and I fly through the Atlanta airport all the time. I'm a Delta guy. So somebody told me that in Terminal C, next to like C18, that there was a really good soap in that bathroom. I went in. It was complete garbage. It was trash. Um, it had no frothy. It was watered down. It was like you could tell that the airport is like, oh, we got. 7,000 bathrooms here, so we're going to water the soap down. Um, it was just bad. The Atlanta airport has crappy soap. It's, it's terrible. It's one of the worst. Uh, but that was a really bad experience. And then um, the ones I hate in terms of bar soaps, 
Uh, so like, I think Squatch is good stuff. Doctor Squatch has got good stuff, and this is called uh, this one I got here is Moon Raw. Um, this one's this one's really good. Sorry, Mars Bar. Uh, that one's really good. And then the Area Fifty One, I've really enjoyed. But the soaps I hate are those soaps. You like, you know, you go to like Marshalls or TJ Maxx, or you go to you know CVS or whatever, and they have those holiday soaps when you exit like by the door, they by the grab stuff to try to get you to buy something extra. I, I cannot stand the the gag gift soaps, you know, the ones that just take a, uh, a glycerin infused blend of wax and whatever and put it together and then make it seem like it's Christmas. So I, I prefer natural essential oils, uh, not a lot of glycerin, uh, you know, so I just, I, I, I like the natural stuff. Now, I, Jordan, you just, this, all, this whole conversation makes you wonder like what, Goes, a whole world. What goes through Carney's head? I have actually yeah. got the Buffalo Trace one that you're talking about, and I'm not like a I'm not a really? connoisseur or anything. I, it just seemed like soap to me. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think the brand's called like Duncan or something like that, or um, I can't remember the exact brand. I just popped up and I picked it up. I'm looking forward to that, and I'm trying to uh, plan it based around something that I've got going on with Buffalo Trace, hopefully. So. Um, I have that for that, and, and the Budweiser one, they had Budweiser and they had Bush, so mm. they had Bush beer soap. I was like, I'm gonna go with the King of Beers and see if it's good, and then if it's all right, I'll, I'll go with Bush next. <laughs> that's like the cheaper. That's Bush League, bro. That's the che- the cheaper version, right? Yeah. Uh, hey, I know uh, John. You're like a, you're like a big Boston sports guy, right? You're a big Boston sports fan. Mm. Why are mm-hmm. why are Boston Huge. why are Boston sports fans you know generally such assholes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always answer this the same way I answer the question of people like why do why does it, everyone from Boston or New England drive like assholes? It's because we can. We can be assholes and we can drive like assholes. Yes. Uh, so it's just just because. Yeah, because we can. So why not? now I got I got I got to talk to you about this whole you know Patriots Tom Brady uh, situation. I think I told you on the last show. In fact, on the last show that we had you on, I went through the. Uh, the seven stages of hating Tom Brady. And my final stage was I just couldn't hate him anymore. I actually, I actually, I, I like him now because he's so good that there's, there's no sense in not, mm-hmm. not liking him. He's obviously, he's the, obviously the best. I can't even deny it now. There's, there's no criteria for me to even make this argument against the guy. Like now I'm a fan of him, but as a Boston sports fan, how did you feel uh, about him Winning the Super Bowl for Tampa Bay, what was that like? It w- were you like, yeah, this is cool, this is like our guy, or is it like, oh man, like that's our guy? Like if we if we'd have had him, we'd have won. Like what was your what was your mental, you know, what was your mental gymnastics like going on uh, during that whole time? So I I was pretty confident he was going to leave. Um, the Patriots hadn't committed to signing him long term, which I think you know long term may turn out uh, turn out to be a good decision because they needed to rebuild that team. By the way, if he'd stayed, the Patriots would not have won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, that that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team was like an it's like an all star team. It's that's out of control. Uh, the the top wide receiver on the Patriots wouldn't even start on the Bucks. So he went to a team. He was getting older. He needed to go with a team that had more talent. Um, and the Patriots just didn't have that. And they they have more of it now, but they definitely rebuilt. So it didn't upset me. It was sad because I you know it was twenty years of of greatness and watching it. And, and really enjoying it, but I'm a Patriots fan Uh-oh, first. But Terrence I'm a Tom Brady on. fan second. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Brady fan second, and Terrence can tell you the same thing. So wherever he goes, I'm going to cheer for him. What I wanted this year was Patriots 
Bucks in the Super Bowl and I wanted the Patriots to win. But if the Patriots weren't going to be in it, I, I rooted heavily for the, the Bucks and I cheered just like it was a Patriots game. So you can call me a bandwagon or not, but I just love watching greatness in any sport. I'm, I'm not the typical asshole sports fan uh, when it comes to those types of things. I'm a homer, but uh, it's, um, you know, I just watch like watching great, great players be great. And Brady's the ultimate underdog story. You know, he, he was never physically gifted like some of these guys. He just worked his ass off. He's become incredibly successful. I mean, he's literally living the dream. And there's people that hate to see people be successful. And I'm not trying to be rude, but if you don't like him and you're trying to say he's not great, you're literally just being salty. And it's kind of funny. And it shows a lot about who you are as a person, right. in my opinion. Uh, not, but it's just just enjoy greatness because you very rarely get to have it. Um, so I, I want to watch as much as I can. And I, I try to do it in any sports. Um, you know, I, I wish LeBron James wouldn't tweet as much. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily need to hear his opinion all the time. But I love watching LeBron James play basketball. He's one of the greatest ever. You know, I love watching Steph Curry. I like watching uh, Otani in baseball. I mean, the guy's doing stuff in baseball that nobody's done and he's young. Uh, so I just watch like watching greatness. So if there can be a great storyline. Um, and somebody succeeds, why not? Why, why is it a bad thing if someone succeeds? And right. If it, it happens to beat your team, I'm sorry, but enjoy it at the same time. Now, uh, just as this show has, has been going on, the length of uh, Smoke Night Live, the Boston Bruins have defeated the oh, Washington Capitals to take a 3-1 to one lead. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Boston's chances in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs? They're, they're a really, really good hockey team. Um, and when they signed when they signed Hall a month or so back, I mean they, they signed the MVP, the best player in the league from like three years ago, um, and and he was still you know he's got a ton left in the tank. What a huge pickup! And they were already playing good then. Uh, I, I mean I think they're the I might they're the odds-on favorite. Um, they're playing great hockey. They're just a really good team and. Um, it was, there was an interesting picture that came from the game two nights ago when uh, the, the Bruins won, and they had a picture with the team celebrating, and uh, they had a Chara was behind the, in front of the picture. So it was Chara standing there back, too, with his name on the jersey, and the team was celebrating. It was just a really unique picture um, you know, in, in the history of his game and where sure. he played with the Bruins and where he fits into that. Uh, so it was really interesting to see that. So that was a fun series, and uh, whenever the Capitals can lose, I'm a fan of that. <laughs> now, if by chance, John, if by chance, uh, and I don't even know if this could work out or not because the seating is so weird in the in the Stanley Cup this year because of COVID. Yeah, of course, and, it and could work. Anything can happen this year. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know if this would work or not. But if by chance the Colorado Avalanche and the Boston Bruins were to meet in the Stanley Cup Finals, me and you could make some sort of bet. Uh, some sort of uh, we we have to put something on this if. If that happens, it's got to be me and you, uh, mano y mano, Avs versus Bruins. My money's on the Avs. I'm 100% in. I grew up an Avalanche fan because uh, I loved uh, I loved Joe Sackick. He was great. Um, Patrick Waugh was so much fun to watch. I was a huge goalie fan. Um, and I, I grew up a big hockey fan because we, uh, we lived like 40 minutes away from the University of Maine, and that's where Paul Correa played, uh, Garth Snow. Um, there were some crazy players that came through there. Uh, Jeremy Roenick's brother, Trevor Roenick, played there. Uh, so I was a huge hockey fan uh, growing up. And uh, I used to always play video games uh, like NHL face-off uh, um, when I was in uh, middle school and, and elementary 
elementary school and I'd always play as the abs because they were, because uh, they had the best goalie and they had Joe Sackick and they had uh, Claude Lemieux was on there. So if you ever oh, got in yeah. a fight, uh, you had something you could beat everybody up. So yeah, I was an avalanche fan, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd definitely take a bet. So if that happens, we'll, we'll come up with something very, very public and, uh, and we'll make it. Now you're probably a Kale McCarr fan. He played at UMass, right? This is probably the best defenseman well, in the league. Know, uh, He's only like 22 years old or something. So we were, so, so UMass was one of the Maine's rivals. So we had like BU, UMass, and University of New Hampshire uh, were big rivals uh, for Maine during that period of time. And um, actually, Maine won the national championship one year. They went forty-two one and two, and then a year later they got hit with some of the harshest NCAA violations on the planet. <laughs> um, and uh, it's not shocking. They ran like a pro team. So, no, I, I, I didn't fall. I, I hate UMass. Uh, there was, there was <laughs> okay. phrases like, it sucks to be you. Um, so we got involved in all that stuff. So there was there was no there's no love loss for uh, or love gained for anybody that played for any of the other Hockey East teams. All right, guys, it's time for the weekly top three, Jordan. Whoa! Weekly. Where's my graphic? Weekly top three! Tonight's weekly top three. And, and for you guys watching on Facebook, I want to hear your thoughts as well. Uh, tonight's topic on the weekly top three is the top three best sitcoms, TV sitcoms of all time. We'll sort of go through this, Jordan, John, and myself, uh, uh, listing off some of our favorites. Jordan, uh, you go ahead and start. What's now, what's some, what maybe we, number what, three? What are like the the rules for a sitcom? Like, how are we going to define this? Uh, can, does it have to have a laugh track, or can it be just like a comedy? It can just be a comedy. It can, right. it can just be a comedy. You All know, right. there's no there's no there's no super tight rule. We're not going to William Cooper this and make like super <laughs> super tight rules. Like, it's just going to be like you know, kind of loose right. loose rules. Okay, so obviously the Office. Uh, your Office number one. I've seen. I've gone through the Office. So many times I can't even tell you. Obviously, the last two seasons suck, but I'll go through those every once in a while anyways. I've seen the last two seasons. Now, are you starting at number three or number one? For me, this is number one. Okay, so we'll start at number one then. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've gone through the entire series 20 times. Last two seasons, five times. All right, I will go next, and then we'll let John go uh, third. I would say number one for me, The Honeymooners. Honeymooners, oh, the Honeymooners stole one of mine. is literally every single uh, sitcom plot of all time is well, down into 40 episodes. Is down into 40 episodes of the Honeymooners. Now, uh, that, that show was only one season long. Yeah. Somehow. 40, like 42 episodes or something. And uh, like, it is, there's no rules back then, I guess. It, it, it still holds up to this day. It's freaking hilarious. All right, John, what's your number one? So I went two ways with this. So my my top three here, I'll give you number one. My top three includes shows that I like that should that are also all time greats. And then I give you I'll give you guys an honorable mention list of stuff that we shouldn't that we should definitely mention. But my number one all time, The Office, hands down. Oh wow, two two votes for The Office. Yeah, baby. Yeah. How 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 often have you gone through the yeah. entire yeah. Office uh, series, John? I've done front to front to back. Um, two times, and I've never once watched the final episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> Why not? Never. I refuse to. I don't want. It, I don't want it to be over. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I like it's hardcore. that. That is that's ball. That's a baller move right there. That's a baller move. All right, Jordan. What's your number two on your list? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you already you already took the honeymooners. I'll go uh, Dick Van Dyke. Ooh, dang it! That would have been on mine. Uh, that would have definitely been on mine. Uh, yeah, one, one of the things I like about that show is 
uh, I can't remember if it was Carl Reiner or whoever said this, but they intentionally didn't include any pop culture. Re- they tried not to include any pop culture references so that the show could be timeless. Mm. So that you could, you, know, you didn't, you there wouldn't be a time where you say, like, I don't get that joke. Like, we can all still love it. All right, I will go my number two. Uh, I'm starting to date myself a bit, but I will go my number two is I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy. Come on, Lucille Ball, give me a break. This is freaking hilarious. Desi Arnaz, the greatest Cuban that ever lived. Absolutely. I think that and the Honeymooners are like, those are the first two, basically, yeah. that started this whole thing. All right, John, what's your number two? Num- number two, uh, this is where it goes all time. I really enjoy the show, but I haven't watched all of it. But I do watch it regularly, and it's amazing. A Seinfeld, number two. Oh, God, that's, that's a classic. My my daughters, my younger daughters, are, are sort of like reliving the Seinfeld years, and so I've been watching some with them. It's just it's great. Seinfeld over Friends every single it's day. So good. If you it say is. Friends, I oh, 100 percent. I mean, so you got you got you got Larry David influence on that oh. show, you know, and it's he's classic. he's so funny. All right, Jordan, what would you say your number three would be? Okay, without like repeating you guys, yeah. um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna get smart. Oh wow, that's a great one. I oh. didn't. I didn't have that on my list, but that, that should be. That's a great one. Should be on my list. That's a. Yeah. That's a hilarious show. I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Andy Griffith. I'm gonna Ooh. go Andy Griffith. So I go. I go honeymooners. But no, no color episodes. No. 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 Uh, no. Once do, only Don Knotts, right? Right. The Don Knotts era, and then after the Don Knotts era, sh- no, no more. So like Don Knotts era. He's a, you're a purist. I'm a purist. I'm a purist. All right. All right, John. <laughs> what's what's your uh, number three? Great call on Get Smart. I didn't even have that on my honorable mentions. That's a great one. Um, number three, uh, Cheers. All right. Cheers. I, I never got into Cheers. I mean, I never. I no. just never give it a chance. Mm. That's a good show. It's funny. Uh, what were it's some great. of great Cheers is so good to me because it's it's very reminiscent. Like that could easily be a cigar bar. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can identify all those characters. You probably see them mm-hmm. when you travel around, John. You see those. You know, oh, that's a norm. That's a norm guy. You know, that's yeah. And they even have the same jobs. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's the same <laughs> deal. It's, it's 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 literally what you do run into it regularly. What 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 are some honorable mentions we could throw in? All right, so I got my. I have an honorable mention list here. Green Acres. Wow, that's a great show. That was that was excellent. Um, I, Fresh Prince of Bel Air was was a really yeah. good sitcom. Probably my favorite that I was kind of I probably would have thrown this on my list, um, but I wanted to make sure Seinfeld and Cheers got on there because they deserved to be on the top three. Uh, but Frasier, Frasier was a great sitcom. Um, Mash, Mash is incredible. Um, the Cosby Show, Family Matters, Steve Urkel that was legendary. And then oh, I didn't expect uh, that one. <laughs> yep. And then uh, my last one. Uh, combination of the bob newhart show and then newhart because the way newhart ended with him waking up and the whole newhart show being a dream gave more credence in my opinion to the bob newhart show so those are my honorable mentions wow. but frazier frazier was one of the ones frazier was one that I, I used to watch that a lot with my parents and it was just intellectual it was funny um and i i really enjoyed that show but mash is another one too mash is great Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, from the comments, we're getting uh, mm-hmm. Sanford and Son, oh, Sanford uh, and Son Parks yeah. and Rec, mm-hmm. Benny Hill Show. Uh, Benny Hill, they showed boobs on that show. They did? They did. <laughs> it was, there, was what? Bo- there was boobs on that show. <laughs> uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah, that's, I just said that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah Beverly uh, Hillbillies is great. 
That's a classic. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Those are those are good picks. All right, so we, we've been doing this thing, John, uh, on the show. So this company sent me this deck of cards. It's called Pod Decks. And they, they have no affiliation to me whatsoever. Um, so every... Every episode, I'm going to randomly pick one of these cards, and I'm just going to ask the guest, you know, the, whatever it is on here. And some of these might be stupid. I don't even, I don't know. I'm going to shuffle this deck, and whatever card what? comes up is what we're going to ask John Carney. So first, uh, all right, all right, John, pick a card, any card. Let's see here. Pick a card. Somewhere in the middle. All right, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> he says. All right, so here's the card. Here's the card. And I will, by the way, after this show, John, I'm going to burn this card. This is your card, baby. This is Carney's so card. So it never gets asked again. It will never, right. ever get asked again. All right. Here we go. This is this is it. If you had someone following you around... If you had someone following you all around time... Wait, that, this question doesn't <laughs> make sense. If you had someone following you around all the time, what would you have them do? Wait. If you had someone following you around all the time, what would you have them do? I don't even under, do you understand that question really? A little bit. I, all right, I'll, I'll just let John. So, John so yeah, if you it. had. So I'm taking it as if I had like employed someone to follow me all the time. Yeah. Yes. What okay. would their job be? All right. That's kind of how I'm yeah. taking it. Yeah, that um, that makes the most yeah. sense. I would have them be a uh, like a security guard, <laughs> and dressed in a total suit. Like, like secret service type deal, like sunglasses, uh, black suit, black tie, the whole deal. I would have, yeah, security guard. Absolutely. You know what I would do, Jordan? Mm. I would have somebody following me around, like constantly asking for my autograph so that people around me would <laughs> be like, deny him, like, they'd be like, wow, like this guy must be, he must be somebody special. Like <laughs> I need his autograph too, you know? All right, hey, uh, John, I can't thank you enough for taking the time on a Friday night to join us on Smoke Night Live. It has been a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, I always enjoy it, gentlemen. I think you guys uh, do a great job. I'm looking forward to um, to everything slowly as, we, as we're getting back now. And a lot of the areas getting back to the thick of things um, back on the road. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys down in the Dominican uh, and we get Pro Cigar Festival going. I know we've been talking about that. Um, so we're going to be getting you all down there, and so that'll be great. But uh, I'm going to be out. Uh, I got some exciting things going on. We've got gourmet smoke sessions coming up on Monday, uh, so I'll be going live with Hacking Gourmet with the Florida Minicana Gourmet Smoke Session. Uh, we're releasing a cigar called the Long Island Iced Tea, oh. and that'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can check that out on live on Facebook um, at La Florida Minicana's Facebook page, Hacking Gourmet, and uh, LFD YouTube page, um, and then. Um, in terms of some big travel stuff I've got going on, other than uh, the, the gourmet sessions, um, I'm going to actually be out in your neck of the woods in July uh, for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game weekend. I've got some events that I'm working with, mm. uh, some liquor vendors out there, so I'll definitely let you guys know when that gets coordinated, and uh, we'd love to have you there and catch up and uh, have some cigars. But, uh, yeah, things are going great. Uh, we're slowly expanding our sales force again. Uh, we're starting to hire new people. Uh, production's getting back to normal, so if you're waiting for cigars and it's been frustrating for you, uh, don't worry. There's more on the way, um, so that's that's a good thing. We're we're back to uh, close to 100% capacity, and uh, yeah, it's never been a better time to be in the premium cigar world. Great people out there, uh, great people watching the shows and supporting the industry over the last year and a half. Um, and and I I always I say this on some of the shows now. Congratulations to the cigar consumers. Uh, you've you've essentially outsmoked 
the ability of most manufacturers to get the cigars <laughs> you want to on a regular basis. So hats off to you and congratulations. But no, thank you, Jordan. Uh, and uh, Master Sensei, thank you. Uh, it was always a pleasure, and I, I appreciate it. All right, folks, uh, that was Smoke Night Live, episode 290 with John Carney of LFD. Hey, Wednesday night we return. Uh, we haven't had a Flavor Odyssey in a couple weeks because of the... Uh, by the way, stick with us, John. We'll talk to you after the show. But uh, we haven't had a Flavor Odyssey show in a couple weeks, Jordan, because, uh, A, we had TPE, and, B, then the, the guys had some stuff going on. But we will return on Wednesday for Flavor Odyssey with Robbie and Randy, and the pairing is a wild card episode. Wild card. Jordan, we've got Mezcal. I don't like Mezcal, but I want to. We are so going to... Convince me. We're going to take a deep dive into Mezcal. We'll be pairing it with the... Uh, none other than the Cigar Dojo, Drew Estate, Undercrown Dogma. I'm going to go Mad Dog with the Mezcal. So I'll do the Maduro uh, Dogma on that episode. It'll be fun. There won't be a Smoke Night Live episode. I've got uh, family uh, stuff going on on next Friday that's super important to me. So there won't be a Smoke Night Live on Friday. But uh, yeah, join us Wednesday for Flavor Odyssey. And until the next time, remember, never, never smoke, smoke alone. alone. We'll see you guys next week. Introduce. I mean, is it fast? Oh, it's fast. What about the options? What about the options? It's got all the options. But, like, what about price? It's got to be expensive. Not expensive at all, man. JR's got the greatest deals on cigars and accessories. Check it out. Oh, wow. Look at these. Oh, look at that deal. It's a good price. What are you guys doing with my car? Your car? I thought this was your car. I thought it was your car. Why would it be my car? I don't know. It's not again. We'll get out, but I'm taking this with a JR on the go. No matter whose car you're in, JR Cigar is there for you.